On this episode of the podcast, Westover tells us about Vince Carter. Oh! <laughs> Who's that? I don't know. He's going to tell us. He's been around for a long time. He has some pretty dazzling play, I hear. <laughs> dazzling and dynamic. Mmm. This is mismanaged. <laughs> do do do. No. Recline that sofa and loosen that tie. Because this is mismanaged. Nice. Welcome to Mismanaged, a weekly podcast where we kick back and criticize the failings of paid sports professionals while also offering them foolproof solutions to all their management woes. I'm Austin Egan. I'm Josh Sweezy. And I'm Nathaniel Westover. Let's get into it. This week we are discussing the NBA. Warning to any and all Warriors slash Raptors fans, there's a lot of crossover there. In the beginning. <laughs> but mostly Raptors fans. Oh, no, I meant in general. Oh. Your story is excluded. It was I mean, in general? It was yeah, comedy. no, I mean, I think I'm the only one as a kid from Oakland who married a Canadian. The and no, and that's Raptors not, that's and Warriors Raptors are my two Warriors. basketball teams. So. That's fair. This is a story this where is only you. I will cry. And so. never has that union be, been replicated. <laughs> no. <so>. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> else has done it before. And will ever do again. But this week is probably more of a trigger warning for Raptors fans. Uh, you may want to cover your ears. Or keep your eyes out for a new superstar that you guys can rent out for a year and maybe make the playoffs, maybe win a chip. I mean, definitely don't think about those maple leaves. Oh, the Ooh. maple leaves botching it. Horrid, hey, man. as the kids say, <laughs> I would imagine. It's been a long time since they've made it past round one. And the Blue Jays aren't even in Toronto right now, so they really they're not allowed. Nothing going for them. <laughs> Could be worse. Uh, okay, we'll hear about it. <laughs> yeah. All right, Westover, deliver the goods. All right, we're going back. The year is 1998. We were all young, small, naive, small children. Mm. If only we could go back. No, I'm good. The Broncos had just beat the Packers to be the first AFC team to win the Super Bowl in 14 years. The Red Wings would sweep the Capitals. Woo! Michael Jordan would hit a fadeaway jumper to defeat the Jazz and claim his sixth and final title. Sorry, John Stockton. Then. Oh, sorry, ten day- Carl Malone. <laughs> that too. <laughs> then, ten days later, the NBA draft is set to take place where four struggling teams would find ways to turn around their franchises. Either by smart draft strategies or just pulling the wool other over pulling the wool over other teams' eyes and trading for players who would become all NBA caliber players. Our story today focuses on one of those teams and how they managed to make their right call and then one day become so mismanaged to end up on both sides of a bad trade, winning and losing. Ain't that mm. just the way? You love breaking even. At the fourth overall pick, the Raptors, having only been in the league for three years at this time with no playoff appearances in sight, let alone a 30-win season. They're little babies. They're a little baby Raptor. Still are. I guess. (laughs) They're like, what, a late teen Raptor by now? Clever girl. Oh, no. I didn't mind that. (laughs) (laughs) Sitting at the fourth overall pick... General Manager Glenn Grunwald has been was stuck behind the Clippers, the Vancouver Grizzlies. Ugh, I miss. Bring them, them back. Mm-hmm. And the Denver Nuggets. Right behind them at five is the Golden State Warriors, who 
it's just a miracle in itself that they have their own pick. As they dealt this 98th, uh, 98 first round pick in 1993 in the Chris Webber trade. Nice. But due to it bouncing around four other teams, it managed to find its way back to Wait, the their Warriors. own pick. Yeah, yep. their own pick. It they traded home. it, and then it got traded. So not just and then it got rounder. traded. Their their own first rounder I, got bounced around. I love the nonsense. Yep. Uh, <laughs> they kept the pick, <laughs> and they still have. Did they have to give out Chris Webber later on? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. Yes, they did. <laughs> All right. Grunwald had his eyes set on who he believed to be the best prospect in the draft. He wouldn't tell anyone, just in case that the other three teams ahead of him would steal his pick. It's a secret. It was a secret. Yeah, all the other all the other GMs value my knowledge so much <laughs> more than their own, so I, I'm going to keep my secrets. I'm a real leader amongst my peers. They're all trying <laughs> to copy me. That's what my wife says, anyway. <laughs> the Warriors and GM Gary St. Jean had their sights set on UNC sm- uh, small forward Antoine... Jameson, mm-hmm. who'd won the Nace, yeah. uh, Naismith and Wooden Award in the previous collegiate season. Nice. They were concerned the Raptors were going to take him, and then a rumor started spreading around that the Raptors had made a deal with the Milwaukee Bucks, <gasps> where they would, where the Raptors would draft Jameson and trade him to the Raptors. No! Uh, or trade him to the Bucks. Yeah. Sorry. We're following. And they were determined, to, uh, the Warriors were going to try and see if they could change their mind. This rumor was false, and uh, Grunwald wasn't going to clear that up, as the Warriors proposed to pay the Raptors standstill money. What? You know, money you get paid to stand still. <laughs> all right, I'm going to give you all this money as long as you don't move. It's like hush money, but... Uh, hush money, but trade money. But I couldn't find the exact number, but it's reported the Warriors offered somewhere between two hundred and fifty to $500,000 to have the Raptors not trade out of the four. Okay, but How's that the Raptors could still just draft Antoine Jameson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also, also but, just take the money and then trade out. Yeah, both <laughs> things. Josh makes a good point. Either way, it's not good business. No, it's not. <laughs> no. But also, remember, the Raptors have their sights set on somebody. They won't say who. It's probably not Antoine Jameson, as they uh, make a deal that if either player's... Uh, Sought after by both teams were taken ahead of the four. The deal be voided. Uh huh. Fortunately, the Clippers took Michael Oluwakandi. Nice. Uh, pause. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, did the Raptors tell the Warriors who they wanted? Eventually, yes. Okay, because I they was about to say, I'm like, and they could just <laughs> say, could oh, be... it was that guy. Yeah, that was that was, was the guy. It was definitely that one. Who they thought? made the deal. They're like, listen, that's crazy. <laughs> we'll. Take your deal. We'll draft Jameson for you to c- make sure you get him as long as you agree to draft Who our player mm-hmm. next, and then we will trade them immediately. Mm. That Why? That's just way too complicated. Isn't it, though? <laughs> Those are just draft them. Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> the Grizzlies drafted Mike Bibby, and the Good Nuggets call. selected selected Rafe LaFrance. Ooh. The you France. Know. Mm-hmm. So, with the fourth overall pick, the Raptors select Antoine Jameson, and the Warriors draft his college teammate, Vincent Lamar Carter Jr. Nice. And they immediately swap teams. Okay, bye. The Raptors, being a new organization, were still making barely any money, and the concept of receiving a couple hundred thousand dollars to not trade out of their pick, still get the guy they want, 
and with the CBA not have to pay him as much because he's drafted a slot lower. That makes sense. It's That's a pretty good mis- mismanagement. It's all good business for Toronto. Good business for Toronto. I honestly think we shouldn't go past my mis- mismanagement. I want to coin it. TM, TM. It's like a double negative. So it's they well mismanaged. It was managed. Yeah, because they okay. mismanaged mismanaging. Okay. And so, in so doing, managed. I hear you. Business. And I don't care for it. All right, Other notables in this draft class were Richard Lewis, Hall of Fame Paul Pierce, and Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk! The truth, not Dirk, Paul Pierce. (laughs) (laughs) Now, out the gate, it seemed both teams made the right choice in their trade, starting with the Warriors and Antoine Jameson. Mm -hmm. Jameson would start out a little slow, playing the shortened 98 season, and then only 43 games due to an injury in 99 before coming into his best season in 2000, where he'd average 24.9 points per game, shooting 447 from the field. This would also be Jameson's best season throughout the rest of his career. Nice. Good job. Proud of you. I also like how you just gave a basketball statistic in baseball form. Yeah. all three digits in the hundreds. Yeah, the way you said it, I completely blacked it out. Can you repeat it for me again? It was 44.7. Oh, okay. Which you would round up to like 45. Uh-huh. If you're <laughs> Sorry, it was writing. Yeah. <laughs> but Westover, a baseball man, refuses oh. to have the game... Salute. He just loves those stats. Lots of numbers here, guys. Big fan. Warriors would fail to reach the playoffs the first five years with Jameson, with their best season being a 21 season. 21 win season. A 21 season. (laughs) A 21 win season in 99 and 2002. Pretty good. (laughs) Means they only lost, what, 49 games? Yeah. 51 games? Some number. That was a bunch. Math is hard. It is. They would trade away Jameson after five years, believing he would not reach the superstar level they originally believed that he could. In August of 03, he was traded by the Warriors with Danny Fortson, Chris Mills, and Jerry Welsh to the Mavericks for Evan Eschmeyer, Avery Johnson, Popeye Jones. Ah, love Popeye Jones. Antoine Rigodeau, and Nick Van Epsel. Okay. Jameson would reach the playoffs with the Mavs mm-hmm. before being traded to the Wizards next mm-hmm. year, where he'd reach the All Star team as a Wizard twice. Nice. Those are his two most noticeable accomplishments. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't sound like he's really worth worth the uh, four spot there. No. no. Not with some of those other. I names. mean, that's not a horrible career. We no. Probably, no. Um, he, the fourth overall uh, for that sounds draft like class. Sixteenth overall. There we career. go. For that draft class, he's still like the sixth best player in that draft class. Yeah. Now back to the North, as the Raptors now have a dynamic duo of Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady. Tracy! Now in 99, they'd only win 23 games, but Vince Carter would average 18.3 points and win Rookie of the Year. Then in 2000, he would give us one of the greatest dunk contests ever seen, earning him a slew of nicknames from Air Canada, Finsanity, Yoda, and Half Man, Half Amazing. That's the full title. Half Man, Half Amazing. Yoda? Yoda was the weird one for me. Yoda was the weird one, too. I had never heard that one. I hadn't either, but it was right in the middle of the list of nicknames. Alright. Where did you get this nickname list from? (laughs) Basketballreferences.com Where we get all of the stats. Hmm. I never trust the nicknames on there, because I feel like I have the ones that are there. But I feel like they give a nickname to every player. That's yeah, they also make up make up some like, of their own, I'm sure. Like Qui-Gon. <laughs> it's another Star Wars. You know what? You know it's what? all Star Wars. Sure. Vince, Car- Vince Yoda Carter. 
I feel like that one probably came around when he was in his late 30s, being a mentor <laughs> to people. Because the man played for... Climbing on people's backs. Decades. Training them on Agamemnon. <laughs> Classic. Beating them with sticks. <laughs> <laughs> the way he spoke in, like, backwards English. It was great. To this day, he still does. <laughs> but due to contract issues and a desire to play for his hometown in Orlando, Tracy McGrady orchestrated a sign-and-trade deal with the Raptors and the Magic in August of 2000. Gross. Which it turned, itself turned out to be a terrible trade. As the player that the Raptors took with the first round pick they got, Fran Vanquez, Vanquez uh, never came to the NBA. Hmm. Yeah, that'll hmm. be a bummer. Yeah. Also, who wants to play in Orlando? Um, Tracy McGrady Tracy did. McGrady. That's it. Well, this was early. End like, of list. It was right before Shaq had dipped, right? No, it was right. Wait, or right year, after he left. 2000. Oh, it's well. Oh after. yeah, no, he's he's gone. Shaq was out. Oh, is he on? Shaq was out for. He had already won the title with the Lakers, right? Yeah. I don't know. My ears aren't right. Shaq but... left Orlando like mid late nineties. Yeah. Because he was in the finals against Houston in ninety five. Yes. Okay. And then I think. LeBron. And then Jordan, think... Jordan, Jordan. Jordan, Jordan. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan. And then Jordan. Lakers, Lakers. Somewhere in there. I don't remember. But he'd... Somewhere. Shaq and Love for a while. But <laughs> Penny's still kicking Penny's still there. there. Penny. And this is, they got the Grant Hill trade at the same time. Mm. Nice. But even the idea of playing with his own cousin, Vince Carter, wasn't enough to keep McGrady in Toronto. Yes. Carter would begin to come into his own as an NBA star, because from the 99-2000 season until 06-07, Carter would be named to the All-Star team for eight straight years. Wow. He'd lead the Raptors to their first playoff appearance in 2000 and their first playoff series win in 2001. Nice. They'd make the playoffs again the next year, but that would ultimately be the height that the Carter-led Raptors would go. Mm-hmm. Then, after drafting literal Raptor man Chris Bosh yep. in 2003, <laughs> it looked like the team had found their new star to pair with Carter. But by mi- after missing the playoffs by three games in the 0304 season, there were tensions amongst the team, and Carter was reportedly unhappy with how the team was being run. Grunwald and the entire coaching staff was fired. Oof. Carter dis- disapproved of the hiring of Rob Babcock, the new GM, mm-hmm. and he believed that the team would go would be going into a rebuild instead of attempting to compete. So he began to sulk around and uh, wanted a trade. Got a from little Toronto. moody. A little moody is an understatement. <laughs> uh, he was so unmotivated and didn't want to play again. He said in a national interview, I may never dunk again. <gasps> mm, Blake Griffin in Detroit. <laughs> I will never mm. dunk again. That's such bullshit, yep. by the way. <laughs> yep. I want to sue. I, Detroit should sue the NBA. <laughs> Not just for that, but for, you know, in a little bit down the road. When we inevitably miss the playoffs and uh-huh. and and the lottery will happen and we'll get screwed out of the top five picks somehow. Sure. Uh-huh. It always happens. Like it always happens. Yep. Like I forgot to look to see where Detroit landed in this year's lottery for hockey because they didn't get one or two. Buffalo and the Kraken are one and two. The, the leagues have a conspiracy against Detroit. That's punishment for all of your crimes. I, what? <laughs> Detroit's only crimes are against itself. Yeah, that's <laughs> They punish themselves. <laughs> but back to, back to Vince. 
Carter was playing at a career-low pace, averaging 15.9 points per game, and it looked like he honestly just stopped trying. (laughs) There was even a rumor that he body-slammed the new head coach, Sam Mitchell, after an altercation after a loss in Portland. Well, someone had to. Yeah, no, that, that seems perfectly appropriate to me. So, <laughs> I too body slammed my boss during an altercation. With his train stock continuing to free fall, the Raptors had to move fast and find their beloved Vinsanity a new home. And with the whole world knowing Carter wanted out, it was kind of hard uh, to find a good deal. Uh, with the Raptors sitting at 8-17, and 17, a deal was made on December 17, 2004, between the Raptors and the New Jersey Jets, or Nets. No, no, you had it right the first time. The Jet Nets. The Jet Nets. The the Jet Nets. Ignore me. Always do. The Nets receive Vince Air Canada Carter. The Raptors would receive Alonzo Mourning, Aaron Williams, Eric Williams, the Nets' first-round picks in 2005 and Mm 2006. When the trade was originally announced, Jalen Rose is quoted asking, so what do we get? Richard Jefferson, who was in his, like, third Mm -hmm. year and was actually... Good. In his prime. In his prime. This would have been a dream for what the Raptors uh, could have gotten compared to what they actually received. Yeah. Jefferson was averaging 22.2 points a game, while Alonzo Mourning was a shell of his former self, only averaging 10 points per game, and clearly not the star he was in his Miami Heat days. Yeah, he's real old at this point, right? Yes. Well, so. This is 2004? Yep. Yes. Yeah. So in like two years... Jalen Rose is going to become Kobe's child. It's going to become a niche soon. Wow. Do they still have Jason Kidd at this point, or is he the gone? Net, yeah, he's yeah. in that. Okay. The, uh, he's still Jason Kidd's there till 2007. Five, six, five. I think it's six or seven. Six or seven. Cool. Yeah. Aaron and Eric Williams had been in the lead for 11 and 9 years, respectively, and were wow. also past their primes. Cool. Eric Williams was averaging 12 points per game for the Nets before the trade, but once he was in Toronto, he'd only average 4.7. That's bad. Both it's Williams is not great. <laughs> it's it's definitely a significant decrease. They would both play in Toronto for only two seasons before they'd be both traded away in separate deals. The Raptors had intended for Morning to be a veteran voice of reason to their young star Chris Bosh. <laughs> the voice of reason. Chris Bosh is out of control. <laughs> <laughs> the voice of reason, because if there's one thing we know about Chris Bosh, he's a wild he's a man. Wild man. <laughs> he's got full velociraptor out there. He's biting fans. <laughs> Can you imagine? No. <laughs> All right. I am right now. <laughs> it's funny. Morning had other plans. He refused to go to Toronto and wanted the Raptors to buy out his contract. Morning was still due about $17 million on his contract, and it was reported during his time he uh, missed pl- uh, playing time in Toronto by just going to Miami, and he wanted to go back to uh, his former team. Yeah. So, hence his buy And win a it's, chip. And it's also Shaq and D. Wade. up there. <laughs> Morning would go as far as to attend home games in Miami while still under contract with the Raptors. He's just a fan. Yeah, yeah, he's a private citizen. <laughs> yeah, he has his rights, Westover. Go so far. You sound like management. Yeah. What are you, the man? Yeah, man. Alonzo Mourning. Love him. Then, Just let him retire. Two months after 
the trade in February 2005, the Raptors would buy out the rest of his contract for $10 million. Come on, Raptors. As expected, Alonzo Mourning immediately signed a contract with the Heat, where they would win a championship the next year. Hurrah! Not probably due to Alonzo Mourning, but, but the team there. had so many old guys on it. They had Gary Payton. Yeah, yeah. it was old man strength all the way. Yeah. <laughs> Minus D-Wade. It was D-Wade. And a bunch of old men. A on his way down shack. Yep. And then a bunch of old men. <laughs> like a bunch of 90s like stars it. that are like... Guys, Jordan's not here. Quickly. Go, 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 go. We can still do this. (laughs) Oh, boy. Of the two draft picks the Raptors received in the trade, they only ended up using the 2005 pick from the Nets. With the 16th overall pick, they selected Joey Graham from Oklahoma State. He was described as coming out of college with an NBA-ready body and the athleticism to be an elite defender on the wing. But he never really came into his own as a Raptor or realized the potential they saw in him as he would leave in free agency after four years to go play in Denver. His time with the Raptors should be summarized in the clip where he posterized Chris Mim and the announcer forgot Graham's name. Cool. Spectacular, but forgettable. Mm. The player drafted right after him was Danny Granger. All-star. Granger Danger. Granger Danger. You know my beef, though? What? It's not beef, but... What I've never Probably understood more. is when, why, like, oh, a NBA-ready body, or, mm-hmm. like, oh, they have, like, a perfect this, or whatever. I'm like, if a player is putting up similar stats as this guy, and doesn't have the body, or the perfect technique, uh-huh. I'm going to take the guy without the body or technique, <laughs> Because then it's like, if I give him his body and his uh-huh. technique, he's going to be way better than the yes. guy who is perfect, but just as good as him. Yeah, just look at people like Giannis. Yeah, like, right. When he came into the league, he, he was, was like, a beanpole. Yep, so small. And now he's... He's he's, he's, a, he's a Hulk man. He's great. Freak. <laughs> great. The great Greek. The great Greek freak. All right, continue. The 2006 draft pick ended up being traded to the Knicks in the Jalen Rose capped up trade. Fortunately, for the, in Knicks fashion, they only they drafted Ronaldo Balkman, who was in the lead for six lackluster seasons. <laughs> I thought you were going to say six months for some reason. <laughs> six days. <laughs> he was in the league for six hours. <laughs> he was there, and then he was gone. He walked Classic into the facility, Knicks. took one look around. And left. <laughs> the rent's too expensive here. I'm going to go. <laughs> the Knicks slash Raptors, if they'd kept the pick, both ended up missing on Rajon Rondo, Paul Millsap, and Kyle Lowry, who were all picked after Balkman. Now what happened with Carter and the Nets? Well, he continued being a scoring machine, averaging over 20 points per game each year. He was a net from the 05 season through 08-09. Paired with Jason Kidd and Richard Jefferson, they'd reached the playoffs three straight years, making the Eastern Conference semifinals twice. So the Nets would attempt to get so the Nets attempt to get a high score ended up falling short, and they would trade Vince Carter to the Orlando Magic with Ryan Anderson for Raffer Alston, Tony Batie, and Courtney Lee. The Magic had just lost in the finals to the Lakers the season before and were looking for some kind of spark. Unfortunately, they had only reached the finals. They had only reached the Eastern Conference Finals next year, losing to the Celtics. Ooh. Age was beginning to show in Carter's gameplay as he was now 33 when he was traded to the Magic, and it was his first season below 20 points per game. He's still a young man since his rookie year. To this day. <laughs> 
The Magic would end up trading Carter to Phoenix along with Marcin Dortat, Mikhail Pietras, Cash, and a 2011 first-round pick who turned out to be Nikola, uh, Nikola Miritich oh, okay. uh, to the Suns for Earl Clark, Jason Richardson, and Hey Dude... Hey Dude. Hey Dude Turtledoo. Hedo. Hedo. I can't pronounce that last name. It's a guy. Hedo Turkaloo. The Suns would wave Carter a year later. He would then go sign with the Mavericks for a few days after that to team up with old man Dirk, forming the super old Mavericks team that would make the playoffs in 2012 and 2014. Carter then go to the Grizzlies, making the playoffs three more times. He'd continue playing uh, one more year with with the Kings and then two seasons with Atlanta. Uh, Carter retired at the end of last year, becoming the only player to play in four different decades since he began his career in 1999 and ending it in 2020. Proud of him. Carter would uh, end with eight straight all-star game appearances, one first-team all-rookie, two appearances on the NBA all-NBA team, once on the second and once on the third team. With 25,729 points, Vince Carter is 19th all-time in points. And with the third most games played at uh, 1,541. The Raptors made the playoff twice after trading Carter, getting bounced in the first round in 05-06, and then the 2013-14 season before they started the We the North playoff run, culminating in the team selling it all for Kawhi and their 2019 championship. Worked out. So, Carter ended up getting bounced around multiple times in his career, each time for a large handful of players that were well past their prime yep. and draft picks that would turn out to be nothing. But boy, was he dynamic. So dynamic. Oh, speaking of dynamic. A dynamo. And dazzling. This ends the story of how the Raptors went from managed to mismanaged, losing one of the best scorers and dynamic dunkers of all time. Mm. Story of Vince Carter. Yeah, yeah he, was... he's a, he's an interesting case study because like before he showed up, the Raptors were not very popular no. within yeah. you know their own the country. Yeah. See, like you know, I think that's where most of Vince Carter's value lies. He really was... saved that franchise in particular. Yeah, made because honestly, his style of play was like a less efficient Russell Westbrook. Mm. It's like that makes sense. You're not going to win anything with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, several of his like playoff career highlights are him missing game winners. Oh. Well, yeah. He's he's like a quality high tier second option. Yeah. You know, it's similar to Russell West. He's the guy to lead the bench. Yeah. It's interesting how at the end of his career he didn't want to chase rings at all he was just like no i'm i'm cool as long as i get my minutes and stuff here in atlanta we're just hanging out he's like, having like, a good time know, joining up with the lakers powerful or the clippers people. or any of those teams yeah. or the warriors bring it back golden state give <laughs> one last chance but now that we've presented one of the worst moves in nba history uh we're going to go ahead and talk to the gms and let them know what we think they should do. And how we feel about that. Because it can't be worse than what we just talked about, could it? It could. It probably could. It probably and could. Maybe sometimes is, but that's it not what this is about. Be. It's about us being right and them it's, being needy. It's not about us. It's about them. It's about the fans. The love of the game. And the love of a father. 
and his children. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, I'm going first. This is why we don't record past 10 o'clock. This is what happens. I'm dazed and confused. <laughs> My dear GM goes out to Portland Trailblazers GM, Neil Olshay. Boo. If you say what I think you're about to say right now, I will slap you. Sadly, it's not Dame time anymore. <laughs> Your refusal to build a more complete team around Tim has come full circle. Dame can only do so much. I am saying this as I think they may still be winning game six. Six. It's possible. But. I'll go check. Dame can only do <laughs> so much. Leave. Setting an NBA record of freeze in a playoff game and dropping 55 points is still not enough to win when the rest of the team is shooting below 50% from the field. Down 3-2 in the series to the Nuggets, it's evident that the team relies too much on Dame carrying them everywhere, and even his godlike performances are not enough. The team has two stars in Dame and CJ McCollum. It's time to let one go. <clears throat> and so you're letting the more valuable one go. Well, Denver he beat. cost them more. Denver beat Denver Portland won. by 11. Portland. So now you're out of the playoffs. R.I.P. Dame's been tied to the Knicks for the last few months. There have been rumors. No, no. <laughs> Don't just say he's been tied. That is <laughs> that is like a Nick fanboy that has a few thousand followers being like, so Damian Lillard to the Knicks would be cool, right? And then it picks cool, up right? enough steam of being like, oh, that would be cool. And people attribute it to that's happening. No. No, this is garbage. Build around The only Dame. place Dame has ties to are Portland and Oakland. So... No, he's not going. <laughs> Which there's no need. Although there's the most snowball. My, my dream scenario, <laughs> they're all shooters. Is Dame Steph? Yes, on the same team. Because <laughs> my God, <laughs> they just keep setting screens for each other, like fifty feet from the basket. I honestly don't know how. If like you have some defense, like some solid defenders and role players with them, mm-hmm. I don't know how you beat that. Right. You don't. You get one tall guy to rebound the ball every now and then. I'm if saying, they miss. I'm saying, yeah. by James Wiseman. I'm saying, by Clay Thompson. I'm sending everyone to Portland. It's Dame time. It's Dame time in Oakland. In Oakland. Bring him home. Anywho, sorry we interrupted. And no, it's hijacked okay. your whole dear GM. I'm not sorry. We need, it needed to happen. Best case scenario, you want the Knicks to give up their draft picks that they received from the Kristaps trade. So my trade is this. The Knicks just get Damian Lillard. It's all they want. It's all they need. Trailblazers get Nerlens Noel, who the Knicks tr- could get through a sign-in trade after having a career year and really having a resurgence from his time in Philly, Meh. Dallas, somewhere else. No, he's not. Meh. I'm, I'm going to be really mean to you. <laughs> showing, keep going. <laughs> yeah, they went out in five games, but he's having a career career year out there. He got hurt in the last like two weeks of the season. He hasn't. He wasn't healthy. You know what? He's gotten hurt in the last two weeks of every season. Like he's <laughs> not a healthy individual. <laughs> he is sick, Westover. He's a sick man. He's sick man. He can't help it. He loves the ponies. <laughs> The main sacrifice is also going to be R.J. Barrett. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. R.J. Barrett and T.J. McCollum would be great. Mm-hmm. The, would they? They would. They wouldn't pass the ball to each other at all. They but... wouldn't make the playoffs, <laughs> but man, they'd be great. <laughs> they'd be great. 2021 unprotected first from Dallas and a 2023 unprotected first from the Knicks. The picks are the real important acquisitions for the Blazers as the team figures out what they're going to do 
beyond Dane. The Knicks have multiple firsts these seasons, so giving up one isn't going to hurt them terribly. While acquiring a star point guard to play with all-star Julius Randle could be something that could help them through the future. If like, Randall can make his shot. I can't describe how much I hated that. I well, buckle up, kiddos. You didn't, you're give, you didn't have the Knicks too. give it up enough. Yeah. New Orleans Noel, who might as well be <laughs> half a second rounder. I think he's better RJ than Nurkic Barrett, right now. who's a late you round. You think he's better than Nurkic right now? Yeah. No. Yeah. I disagree. I Your I recency bias is one, <laughs> making me want to vomit, sir. <laughs> No. And then, uh, R.J. Barrett, who's basically worth a late first rounder, if we're mm-hmm. being completely honest with ourselves. Uh, he hasn't shown me anything to have real faith in. Exactly. Him. And only two first round picks? You know what superstars are going for lately? Like a dozen. <laughs> <laughs> just, got, just ask the Nets how much they gave up for James Harden. And- yeah. Yeah. Which, like, obviously you're going to give up more for James Harden, uh-huh. but Dame is arguably... He's, like, one, you know, one run lower. Yeah. yeah. If. If that. If yeah. that. I'm, you know what? I forgive you. You don't? I don't. <laughs> there I just, it is. Oh, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you, Ralph Burnaby. My dear GM this week goes out to Memphis Grizzlies GM Zachary Kleeman. Mm. Zach, my friend. You should be proud of your squad. They may have uh, needed to sneak into the playoffs through the play-in tournament, but they did manage to steal one game from the, the top-ranked Jazz. <sighs> Unfortunately, that was it for you guys. and You went out in four straight. But don't you fret. The future is bright with John Morant as your budding franchise player, but if you want to take your team to the next level and actually win a playoff series, steroids <laughs> to get Ja a co-star. Fair. Mm-hmm. You currently have the youngest roster in the NBA with an average age of 23.7 years old. They're children. They're but children. Um, so Wait. He's a child. What? Did you just say? <laughs> no, then it's they are Did you say children, but children. Yes. So you can sit back and hope that someone like Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr., or Brandon Clark would have a breakout season next year. I love year. all of those pieces. Yep. Or you could be so. a little more proactive and trade for an all-star. Mm. I suggest you go out and get the most improved player from 2019 and a 2020 all-star in Pascal Siakam. So here's what I propose. Toronto receives Justice Winslow. Jonas Valanciunas and a 2022 first-round pick. Memphis receives Pascal Siakam and a 2023 second-round pick. Memphis gets a good young stretch four who can space the floor for Jaws drives uh, more than Valanciunas can. Siakam uh, also provides a good tandem for the pick-and-roll because he can hit the three and is athletic enough to catch lobs around the rim. Toronto has a nice reunion with the big man they sacrificed to get Marc Gasol to, uh, when they won their title, plus a nice utility-slash-defensive piece in Justice Winslow, and a pick to start getting back to their contender level. I'm not sure if Toronto is going to be willing to trade an asset like Siakam, but I think it's worth a shot, and it would elevate your team to the next level. Plus, I mean, you can't really do anything with Kyle Lowry. He'd be the other piece Toronto should... Yeah. Probably move off from these it's, days. It's so hard for Toronto to make any major moves before you end the Kyle Lowry era. Yeah. 
They probably have to deal him first before they deal Siakam, but yeah, it's tricky. it wouldn't work with the Grizzlies, so I chose to yeah. ignore it. Don't say Kalar <laughs> to the Grizzlies. No, no thanks. Gross. Who could use a point guard? It's a contender that needs a point guard. Oh, in Westover's mind, the Knicks. <laughs> oh, okay. See, that would make much more sense. The Knicks. If they traded Kyle Lowry to the Knicks. That seems much more New York Because <laughs> yeah. they'd miss on Dave and Panic and they'd be like, send everything yes. to, to the North. We love that now. To the North! <laughs> well, Marty North. Give us a Montreal franchise. Or else. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never return oh, Kyle Lowry. The Montreal Mounties. This week, I'm addressing new Celtics president of basketball operations, Brad Stevens. What a weird What a weird. Brad, while a few analysts predicted you'd no longer be coach of the Celtics, I don't think any saw you becoming the head honcho of the front office. No. That was a weird transition. Yep. Danny Ainge... Very celebrated, <laughs> just yep. as like, nah, I'm out. Like, um, I'm done. Dip. Just straight on out of there. Uh, but now that you're there, your first order of business is finding your own replacement. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. Have fun. Look at your own deficiencies and GM find coach. out how to GM fix GM president. It. Take full control. No, he GM should not be the coach. player coach. He should not be the coach. Let me break it down. Okay. <laughs> the importance of coaching in the NBA has been continually diminishing over the past few decades. Even with the boom of analytics, many view instinct and authority as more valuable qualities than play calling. You've witnessed this firsthand as cerebral coach that has consistently fallen short. No disrespect to you, but it's facts. Yeah, and then check out Steve Nash, on the other hand. He's just all instincts over there. <laughs> He's just a big rat. Those are probably two extremes. <laughs> but, like, look at Doc Rivers. Uh-huh. Former player, yep. knows the game. Yep. But he ha- re- commands the respect of his like of players Peers. across the mm-hmm. league, yep. just regardless of whether he succeeds or not. Yep. Um, and like he knows the game, so like, and he has that kind of just instinctual whatever. I hope they go far this year. Otherwise, I'm afraid for Philadelphia. Oh, they may burn. Yep. The city may just collapse. Yeah, it would implode. <laughs> but because of my first take ever was that before the season started that the Suns and Sixers should swap Chris Paul and Chris Ben Simmons. I'm really yeah. hoping both teams fall apart at some point. Otherwise, I have some explaining to do. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll you already bring, apologized to the Suns. I we'll still bring evidence against you. I still think both teams would be better. Uh-huh. They're both doing well. I still think they They could, have they, room for improvement. I still think if that was a swap, it would be better. But that's neither here nor there. Brad Stevens. Go get a coach that knows the game and can command player respect. You should attempt to pry Jawan Howard away from the University of Michigan. He's an NBA veteran with coaching experience in the Miami Heat system and culture, which has consistently experienced success throughout the past couple of decades. And he brings relatability, experience, instinct, and grit. Uh, He could also capitalize on the strengths of your underperforming squad. Also, he has the added benefit of having been in the college system recently that he would know the talent better in the first couple of years. That's always nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, The one downside of this whole thing is it's unlikely that he will leave U of M. His kid is there. Uh Look at Coach K. He's retiring. He's been. Coach K. Because Coach K is leaving Duke to go coach. (laughs) He could have left college at any point to jump to the NBA. All of the teams would have been happy to have him. Yeah, seriously. But here's the thing, too, though. 
Jawan Howard could be swayed because it's the Celtics. It is. Because yeah. other teams made inquisit like inquiries mm-hmm. uh, this past but, season, but they were all you know the garbage the team. Yeah. Tier, this the mid tier, low tier. A head coach job at a franchise like the well, Celtics Boston. does not open consistent up contenders. Yeah, it's not often that Boston's rebuilding. Yeah, so maybe you could get him. I think it would be great. Mm-hmm. I think you should do it. Best of luck to you. Brad. Brad. And that's the pod. If you enjoyed this or any of our other episodes, please remember to give us a like or a follow. Maybe even leave a review. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere else you may listen to your podcasts. In the words of Dr. Shaquille O'Neal, the general, quote, Me shooting 40% from the field is God's way of saying nobody's perfect. Unquote. I love that man. (laughs) Big Aristotle. (laughs) What a man. What a man, what a man. No one? Go get some Papa John's, guys. Papa John's, and thanks for listening. (laughs) And remember, this was Mismanaged. See ya.